Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the Week 5 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Matt, how you doing, bud? How's Week 5 treating you? It would be a lot better if I had played more Chase Claypool, Dan. Uh, <laughs> left him on the bench at a Vampire League and a bunch of other Dynasty Leagues, but got some in DFS, so, you know, I guess it all comes out in the wash. But uh, Yeah, yeah, that Vampire one, that would be real sweet, though, right? <laughs> it would be. Big payday in that one, for sure. Uh, I think there's a lot of Dynasty owners out there right now that are pretty upset with themselves over the, the Claypool breakout, but we'll get to that. Ryan, how about you, bud? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I did have... Uh, chase claypool in my lineup uh the only unfortunately i only have him in, in one spot i'm i did not follow my rule this year it's it's a really simple rule if the steelers draft a wide receiver i draft that wide receiver and uh <laughs> for some reason i broke that rule this year and and it hurts today all those denzel mem shares that you have are just mm. uh, real real sad right mm. now yeah paying off big yeah all right, guys, we're going to continue our uh, series that we're doing all season long. Week five, the most important thing from every game from a dynasty perspective. And we might as well kick things off as we do each week with the Thursday night game, Tampa Bay and Chicago. The Bears came out with the upset 20-19. to Allen Robinson had a big game, guys. Ten catches, 90 yards. Nick Foles, was, he only has eyes for Allen Robinson, so that's good for his prospects moving forward. Outside of that, Matt, with this game, what caught your eye on Thursday night? Well, I thought after last week when, when Vaughn got a few carries, a couple of a couple of catches, maybe we were going to see, a, maybe not necessarily a changing of the guard, but some more involvement from, from Keyshawn Vaughn from the rookie after you know a, a training camp that he was kind of a roller coaster, got him up into the late first round, a lot of rookie drafts, and then missed a lot of time towards the end of the off season. And then finally, finally made it back with, with Leonard Fournette out. And uh, now Keyshawn Vaughn's out with a chest injury as well. So, you know, it goes back to, I don't know if it's still the, if it's the right answer, but, uh, but Ronald Jones, he's, he's back on top again of this, this running back trio. So I guess he's the last man standing. We'll see, I guess when Fournette comes back, but a little bit disappointing for Vaughn when he probably could have had done a little more if he hadn't got hurt there. Yeah, Fournette barely touched the field on Thursday night while Ronald Jones stole the show. 17 carries, 106 yards, also caught three passes for 19 yards. What about you, Ryan? When it comes to Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones, this this messy backfield in Tampa Bay, what are your thoughts? I still don't really want either one of those guys. Uh, If I'm picking a a Tampa Bay back, it's still entered Fournette for me. Uh, of course, he's dealing with the injury. He was active, and I think he got one snap on that uh, kneel down right before uh, right before halftime. So, 
obviously wasn't really ready to be back on the field in a significant role, but I'm just, just don't really trust the talent of Vaughn or Jones and, uh, you know, say what you will about Fournette. I, I think he's the best back on that team. Yeah, he he might be. Ronald Jones has a little bit of explosion, put on that weight, and there are times when he hits a hits a hits a running lane, and you say, "Whoa, that that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted a couple of years ago out of USC." He's an explosive guy, and now with that added weight, looks like he can take on contact a little bit more. I just don't trust that coaching staff and how they're going to use any of these guys, so I'm staying away as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. In in reality, the answer is is none of them whether it's just because there are three three guys kind of in consideration and that's not even uh, talking about Shady McCoy who's also hurt uh, but just just the overall offense is is going to keep me away from from those three running backs one dynasty long-term note from this game guys is Tyler Johnson the rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota, four catches for 61 yards, had a really impressive 35-yard catch and run in this game. Of course, the Tampa Bay receiving core has been banged up, but Tyler Johnson came out of Minnesota as that high riser, that guy that can go above the rim and make big catches down the field. Really, really good in his last three years at Minnesota at finding that, finding, catching the ball at the high point and imposing his will down the field as a pass catcher. So it was encouraging to see Tyler Johnson make a couple of plays. Is this something you're noting going down the road? Tyler Johnson, kind of a low-end rookie, a fifth-round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, he's available in some dynasty leagues. Did you get? What did you guys think of Johnson and his, his first uh, dipping his toes in for dynasty owners? That run was was so fun to watch. I <laughs> got the ball yeah. bowled over like three players. It was it was incredible. And you know, for a guy who analytics loved and uh, th- and then all of a sudden it was a he he decided not to go do the combine and it just for bat such a bad off season for him to plummet down the draft board. Uh, and you could just see on film that he was he was a, a very good college receiver, if not a, a great college receiver. And to see him be able to to show that on an NFL field is is really awesome. You know, you're, you're a little bit skeptical that it's going to continue once they're back at full strength. Uh, but you know, as a slot receiver uh, behind those two big targets, it seems like he has certainly distanced himself, uh, at least for me and from a dynasty standpoint, uh, from the Scotty Millers and Justin Watsons of the world. Those guys are certainly still going to get play. Uh, but he proved himself here, and it's it's really fun to see that work out for him. All right, guys, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Panthers got the touchdown victory, 23-16. to I think the big news out of this one, Ryan, is the, the Falcons. I guess it's not official just yet as we record, as I always say every week, on Sunday night, right before Sunday night football. But news trickling out of Atlanta that Dan Quinn will be fired early in the week, probably by the time a lot of our listeners listen to this podcast. What are your thoughts on Quinn uh, being removed from the head coaching position, what this will do for the rest of that roster, and specifically those offensive playmakers that we count on as dynasty owners? Yeah, I think it's it's probably not going to be a good thing for fantasy players. It certainly was time based on the results of this season, and, and we can even trace uh, trace it back to to that Super Bowl loss they had. Um, after the Patriots came from behind, but you know, with, with that, that Dan Quinn team, I mean, we've, we've always just seen a wide open offense. We've seen Matt Ryan throwing the ball all over the place. And that's been good news for, 
Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley and the entire offense. And I just wonder if, if we're still going to get that same type of play on the field uh, with this, with this new coaching staff. I don't think, like you said, nothing official yet. Um, I saw some reports that Raheem Morris, who I think is the defensive coordinator may be named the interim head coach for the rest of the season. Who, who knows really if, if that's going to be uh, a good thing, but I mean, just the, just any kind of change like this from uh, what from what we're used to being a fantasy friendly offense has me a little worried. Yeah, I'm not quite as worried. I I, I choose, I guess, to see it glass half half open. I guess just because usually when when a coach gets fired, and we saw this in Houston last week, the players want to go out and prove that it it was the coach's fault. It obviously wasn't us. Houston came out on Sunday and got a win. They played relatively well. I think we could see that happen with the Falcons as well. And, you know, that, that defense isn't going to get fixed because Brand, uh, Dan Quinn got fired. At least I don't believe so. That defense will be giving up points, giving up yards. Uh, so dynasty owners can depend on that, I think, going forward. And the Falcons, because of that, that offense will have to play from behind as well. Matt, you watched this game as well. What what on the field did you notice as a dynasty owner? Well, it's hard to ignore what Gurley did, but we have to remember that this is the Carolina defense, one of the worst in the league this season. Uh, very efficient day, though. Like you said, 14 for 121 on the ground and actually caught the ball again, which he hasn't done in the last uh, couple of weeks now, really. But, uh, you know, especially with the coaching change, I mean, I, I think there's an argument that with the coaching change, maybe they start playing more conservative. But, you know, Dirk Cutter's still going to be the offensive coordinator. So I'm not necessarily relying on, on, on Gurley being, getting an increased workload with this. So I kind of want to try to go ahead and sell him. I, like I, I said a couple of times now this, this season that I think as a community we're too smart. Like, oh, yeah, a player has a blow-up game. Uh, you know, maybe I should go ahead and sell him. And there's going to be a lot of takers, right? That's not going to happen. But what does happen is that window that opens uh, – uh, that maybe somebody now is interested, maybe a contender now is, is interested in him. And looking at the trade finder going back in the last week, I'm surprised there's still, uh, you know, multiple instances of Gurley getting traded for a first round pick. I'm sure most of those are in the late first, but at this point in Gurley's career, I think I'm happy to take that unless I'm, you know, a, a, a four and one, maybe a three and two team. That's, that's really still pushing. But, you know, if I'm at the point where it's borderline or I already know that I'm not competing, I, I think I'm happy to take any first round pick for, for Gurley right now. So I'm definitely, going to be out there shopping him this week yeah and you mentioned that a lot of times dynasty owners are too savvy matt todd Gurley is one of the league leaders in touchdowns he's putting up fantasy points along with those uh rushing numbers and catching a few passes on sunday four for 29 through the air that's helping out those those uh dynasty owners and, and putting up bigger numbers i think there is the chance to get that late first round pick still I and Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. If I'm owning Gurley and it's time to move on, I might take a package of lower picks. I might be looking at rosters to see what kind of young players that haven't quite proven themselves I might be able to take off a roster. I'm with Matt here. I want to move, I think we all want to move on from Gurley if we can. Uh, but I think this is a good opportunity. It might be the last chance to really cash in on Gurley and, and some value that he somehow came up with in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, of course, definitely on board. Uh, I, I was down to just one share of Todd Gurley in all of my leagues this offseason and uh, got, an, got an offer in my inbox of Justin Jefferson for Todd Gurley. So I, uh, 
I scooped that up pretty quickly. I don't Dang. think you're going to get that kind of deal today. But And honestly, I don't think you're going to get a first rounder in, in most leagues. So, Dan, I'm with you. I'll, I'll take a couple of seconds. I'll take maybe a second and two thirds, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to move him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Other things from this game, guys, that are noteworthy, at least. Teddy Bridgewater was impressive again, 27-37, 313 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Mike Davis keeps paying off for those of you that got him on the waiver wire or saw things ahead of time and picked him up in the offseason, 16 for 89 on the ground, 9 for 60 in a receiving score as well. DJ Moore came through for us, 4 for 93 in a score. And Ryan, there's another very impressive wide receiver in Carolina that's coming through week in and week out. Yeah, yeah. The, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, we I think we probably, or at least I did, uh, the first couple weeks of the season just considered that a fluke or, or, or whatever, and DJ Moore's still the wide receiver one there. We've got now five weeks of evidence that that's not really the case. Uh, and there's been talk about Anderson's relationship with Matt Rule, the, the head coach uh, there that he also played for, uh, I believe, at Temple. So whatever whatever's going on, whether it's a, a, it, it's a better fit with Teddy Bridgewater or, or if it's this connection with the coaching staff, um, it's, it's legit. And not only is Anderson the wide receiver one for Carolina, he's, he's a wide receiver one in, in fantasy leagues right now, a guy you just uh, plug in and, and start every week, really no matter the matchup. It's, it's pretty crazy. Ryan, he's one of those guys that because of where he came from in New York and his, you know, really roller coaster of a career in the dynasty space and and all of us as dynasty owners kind of being hot and cold on him, he could potentially be a nice target in the, on the trade market for those of us looking for a wide receiver to slide into our starting lineup every single week. I'm wondering what kind of offers you would be willing to send out there if you're trying to add Anderson to your team since he since he does seem legit moving forward. Yeah, I think he's going to be, um, in some ways, he's going to be tough to acquire because uh, I think if you've got Robbie Anderson on your team, whether you're contending or not, obviously he's he's gained value over the past month. Um, yeah, and you've noticed, uh, right? You've noticed that he's... It's, yeah. it's been become pretty apparent. Uh, I'm, I'm sure those people with Anderson on their roster are going to want a first-rounder. Uh, I'm, I'm not paying a first rounder for him still. Uh, so if, if that's the price, I guess I'll have to keep shopping elsewhere. And, and honestly, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if people are asking for that. I wouldn't blame them at all. So I, I, I kind of see him as a player who we won't see get traded a ton. Are you moving him for a first? Yeah. Oh yeah. You? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk talk about the snooze fest from the early games today. It was Cincinnati oh, and Baltimore, and Cincinnati couldn't get out of their own way. Joe Burrow had his worst game as a professional pretty easily, I think. He was harassed by that Baltimore defense as they shut down Cincinnati uh, to only three points. Ravens came out on top 27-3. to three. Guys, the takeaway for me in this one was Lamar Jackson because this is – 
this is a put them away early type of game. One of them games from a year ago where you'd see Lamar throw the ball all over the yard and then add on his 50 to 60 rushing yards, maybe find the end zone on the ground as well. And that simply didn't happen on Sunday. 19 for 37, 180 yards. Did have the two passing touchdowns through the pick, but only two carries for three yards. And I guess some could say that maybe Lamar didn't have to use his legs in this game. Lamar has been a little bit disappointing for dynasty owners this season. After such an amazing year last year, you could really say that four out of his five games have been a little bit of a disappointment. Only one three-touchdown game so far this season. Over the last couple of weeks, he has thrown two touchdowns in each of the games, but because of that limited rushing upside, maybe not upside, that's probably not the word, but the production, that limited rushing production, we're not seeing those 25, 35-point fantasy games from Lamar Jackson. He's just not that consistent right now. How concerned are you, man? I, I'm not concerned. I mean, this game got away from the Bengals so fast. The defense that they have is so good. Uh you know, they have three good running backs. Why why put Lamar at risk in, in a game like this? So I think in the more competitive games, he's going to be fine. He still had two two passing touchdowns. He didn't really need to have a large yardage total today either, just even though I guess he did have 37 attempts. So you would think you, you would expect more than 180 passing yards on 37 attempts. Uh, but they just didn't really need to do a whole lot today, right? So I'm, I'm not concerned about Lamar Jackson. I don't think I'm concerned, uh, but it comes down to what your expectations are. Uh, and, of course, we knew he would regress and, and that entire Baltimore offense would regress after last last season. Uh, but right now he's the quarterback 11. So, you know, is that what we expect moving forward? Is he, is he still uh, locked in as the dynasty QB2? Um, I, I don't know if that's fair to say. I'm, we've got... We've got Josh Allen. We've got Russell Wilson challenging him. We certainly had Dak Prescott challenging him um, prior to today. So I, I think he's he's still a weekly starter, but we may have to adjust our expectations a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't think I'm quite as concerned as I am annoyed as a Lamar <laughs> owner everywhere. You get kind of used to those big numbers week in and week out, and he just hasn't come through with those to this point. Matt, there was uh how about that the rest of that backfield? There's some annoying things happening in the rest of that backfield as well. Gosh, yes. In a game like this, can we just get J.K. Dobbins 10, 10 touches, 8 touches? Is that too much to ask? I mean, listen, Gus Edwards looks really good. Not necessarily today, but over the course of the season, he's looked pretty pretty fantastic. So he's in the way. But Dobbins is just, I mean, you watch a one carry today, 34 yards on a beautiful run, and you just see that he has something a little bit extra that the other two backs don't have. And I don't know what the stubbornness is. Maybe they just are just waiting to uncork him later in the, the season season I, I don't really know but it is frustrating uh you know in a pinch like I had to start Edwards in several leagues today and in a couple I started him over Dobbins and that didn't necessarily work out from a score but it did from a volume standpoint I think you I, I don't really think you can start Dobbins right now I mean that's not really 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 saying too much right but I'm still optimistic for him in the future it's just it's just really frustrating right now and uh you know if, if you if you find somebody that is super frustrated uh that is that is kind of done with them I mean it's it, he's it, it's a absolutely a time to buy if you can i don't know if, if anyone's really moving on from him at this point i paid a premium a couple of weeks ago uh, but if if you can give it a shot i i, I would do that 
Yeah, Dobbins, one carry for 34 yards, three catches for 21 on Sunday. Edwards, just seven carries for 25 yards. Mark Ingram as well, though, guys, 11 carries, 57 yards. Uh, Edwards and Ingram didn't even get a target in the passing game. Ryan, how about you? What, when you were watching this game, caught your eye? Well, we saw A.J. Green go down with uh, yet another injury. He... I think it's the same one, right? Same it, injury, just keeps it re- keeps. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter at this point. Uh, I think he had one target prior to the injury, which uh, was not early in the game. It's it's not like he had no stats because of that injury. Uh, I think he went went down late in the third or maybe in the fourth quarter. So Green is is you know sadly just not even a factor anymore. But T Higgins is a factor. Uh, led the team in in uh, routes run, in targets, in yardage. I think T Higgins might be the wide receiver one uh, there. And uh, he, he still hasn't, he had that two touchdown game a couple weeks ago, but uh, his, his yardage numbers haven't been huge. So I still think there's maybe a little bit of a buying opportunity with him. Yeah. We mentioned the Claypool breakout in the intro guys. Higgins hasn't quite had his just yet. He could have a game like that and could be one of those guys that you absolutely cannot touch on the trade market, try to get him before that happens, especially with those routes runs, those opportunities that Ryan was just talking about. Let's talk about the Texans and the Jaguars. Houston came out on top 30-14 to 14 behind Deshaun Watson, 359 yards and three touchdowns, also threw the two picks, but added 25 rushing yards. And Brandon Cooks, the old Brandon Cooks, the New Orleans Saints Brandon Cooks showed up in this one. Eight catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown was all over the field. Guys looked really, really good. Ryan, you wanted to talk about a wide receiver on the other side of the of the field that, man, he looks good as well in Jacksonville. Uh, well, he, did, he didn't look good today. Uh, I was a little frustrated with DJ Chark. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I meant to send him that. <laughs> We can talk. We can talk. Lavisca Chenault as well. Chenault does look good. Uh, I was I was thinking about DJ Shark though. Uh, another injury today. Maybe maybe like AJ Green. Maybe it's the same one for him. Uh, he does catch three balls just for sixteen yards though. And Chenault, I, I don't even mind Chenault outplaying or outperforming Shark. But when it's Keelan Cole and Chris Conley, it's it's just kind of frustrating. So annoying. Yeah, <laughs> it's annoying again. It really is. So we've seen this whole week. We've seen multiple injuries with Chark already through the first uh, first five weeks. So just kind of starting to get the feeling it's it's like not his year. Um, yeah, I, I'm getting that same feeling, Ryan. And I was. I, I think maybe all of us. I don't want to speak for you guys. We were all a little slow to come around mm-hmm. on DJ Chark when he came. Uh, through the draft process and landed in Jacksonville. And then he had that big breakout last year and looked so good. And we all bought in. I was buying him in leagues, paying premiums for him. Thought he was that guy that could be a wide receiver one for dynasty owners. And these injuries are just holding him back. Hopefully it's just the injuries and not, uh, not something more than that. Because when he's at his best and he proved it last season, he could be a dynamic playmaker, that's for sure. Matt, you were the one that wanted to mention LaVisca Chenault, and uh, once again, looked pretty good, 7 for 79 through the air. 
Yeah, and eight targets. He's increased his his, his target share pretty much every week. Uh, f- four targets the first two weeks, six targets uh, weeks three and four, and then today eight targets. And now with this chark ankle injury, it, it, it seems full speed ahead for him. Like you said, we were concerned about injury history with him, but there for, for now he's staying healthy. So I want to buy him. And then on the other side of it, I want to take anything I can get for David Johnson. The only reason why I, I really brought this up because when I was looking at what LaVisca Chenault's been going for over the last week, just yesterday uh, on Saturday, Saturday, LaVisca Chenault was traded straight up for David Johnson. So oh. if you can go get that deal, please go get it. Uh, I think he could get a. He could probably do. Uh, uh, probably have to pay a little more than that in most leagues, but I think he's worth that late first round pick right now. Ooh, yeah, I'd like to have that one. That one sounds pretty <laughs> hot. Yeah, I'll take it. Another thing that's real hot, guys, is our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. They are the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And Monkey Knife Fight is giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account over at Monkey Knife Fight with a minimum of a $10 deposit. And you're going to receive a free DLF annual premium membership. This offer is good to extend your current DLF annual membership by a year as well. Monkey Knife Fight will also match that initial deposit, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You'll find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games that don't have those salary caps. So if you can correctly predict an outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% that dominate other fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop back experience and claim your deposit match and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only at monkeyknifefight.com. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs got a, out ahead early in this one. It looks like they might run away from it. But then the high-octane Raiders came through behind Henry Ruggs, who had 118 yards and a touchdown, and Josh Jacobs, who had two rushing scores. The Raiders came out on top with the upset 40 to 32. Ryan, we, uh, we co-own a few teams together, and we looked at Henry Ruggs this morning as we were setting some lineups, and we thought, eh, let's not trust Henry Ruggs just yet, but man, he's got the speed. If he's healthy, he can make one play, can make his fantasy day. Yeah, and that's, that's really what happened today, I'm sure, with Henry Ruggs uh, having a big game in his first game back. Mecole Hardman had a had a pretty good game. I'm sure you were enjoying that game, Dan. I know those are two of your guys. Um, sure. You know, Rugs and really Hardman both are going to they're going to have these type of games where they where they get the huge production. They break the long play. They're just those type of receivers. They're also going to have uh, those those one for nine games where they they don't beat the defense deep. Um, so you just have to take the good with the bad with with those guys, but it was, it was great to see rugs break a, a couple of big plays uh, for and one, one being for the touchdown. Uh, but with Hardman specifically, uh, it, it's good to see him moving up that depth chart. Uh, I remember we talked about him in week one and uh, he was well behind Demarcus Robinson and, and all of these other and pretty much almost everybody else on the chiefs roster. Uh, so that's that's no longer the case. Playing ahead of Robinson now, Sammy Watkins once again goes down with an injury. Uh, we're talking about these these same guys getting hurt over and over. 
Um, and, and it happened again this week with Watkins. So Hardman, depending on this injury uh, result for, for Sammy Watkins, Hardman looking like the wide receiver too there. Yeah, and another, as you mentioned, another one of them guys that when one play could make your day. Hardman came through late in that game with a big catch, ended up two for 50 through the air. If he could have scored, certainly would have been nice for everybody that was forced to to roster him or, or play him this week. Tyreek Hill on the other side, three for 78 and a rushing touchdown, so came through for us all, but had that big touchdown early in the game taken away due to penalty. That was frustrating. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the last thing to note, 8 for 108 and a score. He was good once again. Arizona Cardinals came out on top against the Jets, 30-10 to 10 behind DeAndre Hopkins, 6 for 131 and a score. Man, he looks good. He's so smooth every single week. Nuke came through for us all. Another guy that is creeping into starting lineups everywhere, guys, is Chase Edmonds. Three carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. Five catches for 56 yards. He's the clear uh, pass-catching guy in that offense, Ryan. And that nice touchdown run, he's so efficient. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake, 18 carries for just 60 yards. He did score, but only caught one pass. At what point are we going to see more of Edmonds and less of Drake? And maybe Dynasty owners can start using this Edmonds guy who continues to make nice plays. Yeah, I would have thought that would be today, especially after Drake struggled early and and Edmonds had the uh, touchdown run in the first half, but it didn't really change uh, moving forward for the rest of that game. Uh, I mean, Edmonds kind of stuck with the same fairly limited role, uh, at least on the ground, that he's had all season long. And I, I know uh, I and, and a lot of other people were pointing out over the past week these these two guys, these two running backs, basically came into the this game with almost the exact same fantasy production. Uh, I think Ed uh, Drake was RB thirty five coming into this week. Edmonds was RB thirty six. Less than a one fantasy point separated them. Uh, so and and we saw Edmonds outproduce Drake today. So hopefully hopefully it's soon. Um, I don't know what else we have to see or or not see from Drake to have Chase Edmonds play a larger role. Yeah, I think at the very least he proved himself on Sunday as trustworthy as a flex guy. If you need him with all these buys and all the COVID stuff that is happening, Edmonds is getting enough work, particularly in these PPR leagues, that he can be in your lineup as your 8th or ninth or 10th starter. Matt, you wanted to talk about Le'Veon Bell, 13 carries, 60 yards, just one catch. He's being held back by that coaching staff. You, What are you doing with Le'Veon Bell? I think I think that was Ryan, but I agree with him. Take anything you can get for Bell, just like with Gurley, just like with David Johnson at this point, I think. Uh, you know, he came back healthy today, had 60 yards, but this is still a Gase offense, and Gase is still somehow the coach. So, uh, yeah, I don't – Ryan, what are we taking? Are we taking any second-round pick for Bell at this point? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Bell get flipped for a second round pick in one of my leagues uh, prior to uh, this game and or this weekend's games. And honestly, I was I was shocked. I was really surprised yeah. that somebody was able even to get a second rounder for him. Uh, I mean, I know this is, was his first game back, but he gets uh, he gets thirteen carries. Frank Gore still gets nine carries. So uh, this is it, it's it's going to be a messy backfield and it's not like the jets are a, a team we want to uh, want a piece of anyway. I would, I would gladly take a second rounder for him. 
And, and one target for Le'Veon Bell? I mean, what? I just, I don't understand. They're not going to figure it out. If the price is lower than that, is there a point where you're buying Le'Veon Bell and hoping for the Adam Gase firing and, and maybe a new mind, new offensive play caller that could revitalize Bell and make him part of this passing game? Because 13 for 60, guys, that's really not that bad. If he if he could get involved in the passing game and you can get him cheap enough, Le'Veon Bell, there's a path to him being productive and helping out down the stretch for dynasty owners. I, mean, if you- I just think that price is is lower than anyone's going to want to take like you know a third I guess maybe two thirds but even that's a little bit of a stretch and I don't think anybody that has them unless they're you know an 0 and 5 1 and 4 kind of team are, are gonna you know get out for that that range well there's lots of 1 and 4s out there with Le'Veon Bell on the team <laughs> I, think, I think that's, that's a, for that's sure a, that's a fair point that's a fair point <laughs> All right, let's go to the Battle of Pennsylvania, I guess. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh took on each other, and the Steelers won this one 38-29. And I don't know what else we should talk about, but Chase Claypool, guys, seven for 110 and three receiving scores. And just for the cherry on top for Dynasty owners that did play him, Matt, three for (laughs) six and a score on the ground. So Chase Claypool, coming out party. He had that big breakout he, he tipped his hand a few weeks ago, guys, where he had a pretty nice game in either week two or week three, had another big day uh, on Sunday. And then on top of all of that, he had another big play taken away from him, offensive pa- pass interference that I think a veteran receiver absolutely gets away with. Uh, Could have even p- posted more yards and per- perhaps even another touchdown. Chase Claypool, he's he's one of them guys, Ryan, that's unattainable right now. Yeah, he will be after this game. Um, not not the time to buy. If you're uh, not a believer in his talent or if you're worried about uh, the crowd to depth chart there and what does it look like when Deontay Johnson is healthy, then now's a great time to sell. You, you can certainly get a first-rounder uh, pretty easily, I think, and, and maybe, even, maybe even more than that. Uh, I, I would be closer to to the seller than the buyer on Chase Claypool. Ooh, that's uh, that, how about you, Matt? Are you buying or selling? If the price is is a first plus some, I feel like I should absolutely take a first for him, any first. But I don't think I, I don't think I want to. I think you could either get more than that, or I'm or I'm happy to hold and see what happens. Uh, I mean, he offers something that no other receiver on the roster offers, right? So uh, I, I don't know. I think I want to hold for that. It, Juju's usage for me is a sense kind of kind of related, at least for today. Uh, Juju is—I mean—is he the wide receiver three on that team when when Deontay Johnson is there and, and healthy, and Claypool's on the field too? Just a fourteen point seven percent target share today for Juju, only seventeen percent on the season, and on the season he only has four more targets than Claypool which seems a little bit ridiculous. Our wide receiver ones, we typically want to see them in the 20 to 20, 20 to 22-plus percent target share range and really the elite guys in the 25%-plus range. And, and Juju is, is not, not close to that, really. So uh, he's the concerning one for me. Uh, maybe Claypool. I, I know it's one game, but it, it sure seems like he is, at least from an athletic standpoint and a, a touchdown upside standpoint, he seems like he has an advantage on Juju right now. And again, I know it's one game and it's easy to get excited about that. But uh, I mean, it, the Juju and Ben connection has not really been there so far this season outside of a couple of touchdown passes. Brian, your thoughts on what Juju has done to this point in the season? 
Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's, uh, no, I mean, obviously disappointing. There was concerns coming into the season uh, after his, his, his clunker last year. And, I mean, I said it on here and, and everywhere else that I was just chalking that up to, uh, to a disastrous season for the Steelers overall. Uh, but we did, we did see Deontay Johnson play well last year. And we saw him play well to start the season. So uh, it, it's it does seem like it's more of the role as far as which wide receiver spot that they're they're playing. Obviously, Antonio Brown was the lead guy there for so long, and then Deontay Johnson, and and even when he was out, Claypool has has kind of taken the lead. So uh, I mean, maybe it's just a case of Juju is is better suited in that offense as the second option, no matter who's across the field from him. And uh, honestly, if Claypool keeps this up, not, not four touchdown games, but if he continues to play at, at a high level, it may not matter because Juju will probably not be there next year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely not Matt Juju or chase Claypool. Who do you want more? <laughs> Gosh, answer it, Matt. I don't, I, I mean, I, it's it's still Juju, but it's a lot closer than I thought it would be, right? Ryan? Well, I, I still want Juju, obviously. But they, they are going in different directions. And um, I, I've said again on here before that I think, I think Dynasty rankings and Dynasty value change with every week. Uh, if you think that's a small sample oh, yeah. size, then, you know, I think you're wrong. Uh, so <laughs> I, I do think it's worth... Uh, updating your rankings or, or whatever you use to value players. And uh, they're, they're going in two different directions. So Juju's probably outside of that top 10 wide receiver range now. And Claypool might be inside the top 25 or so, something like that. Uh, so there, the, the gap is certainly narrowing. Yeah. It wouldn't be shocking to look on the trade tool and someday soon see a, see a deal involving Claypool and Juju swapping spots other notes from this game fellas travis fulgham 10 Ooh. catches for 152 yards and a touchdown he'll be picked up off waiver wires everywhere this week miles sanders had the two rushing touchdowns 99 yards from scrimmage so he came through and then zach Ertz, guys he stinks one of six targets were caught for just six yards he is hardly a streamer he's only really useful if you think he has a good chance of Getting into the end zone, which I did not think was coming for Zach Ertz. Let's get some Dallas Coder back and healthy. No doubt. We need him bad. Uh, the Rams and the Washington football team. It was Los Angeles 30 and Washington 10. Jared Goff, 309 yards and two scores. He looked good, especially early in the game. Uh, Cam Akers in his first game back, Ryan, he goes 9 for 61. Wasn't involved in the passing game. But looked good on his limited attempts. Daryl Henderson only got 68 yards from scrimmage, but did score the two touchdowns. So if you slid him into your lineup, uh, he he backdoored his way into a few fantasy points for you. What's your thoughts on this backfield moving forward, Ryan? It was glad to see Akers perform pretty well. Um, he was second on the team in rushes, but easily led the team in yardage. And after the after the game, Sean McVay said. Uh, we would definitely see more of Acres next week, so hopefully that does mean more involvement um, as a as a pass catcher as well. But uh, he's he's still easily the one of of these three guys that I want in Dynasty. 
Matt, you were looking at the running back on the other side of the field. Antonio Gibson has been impressive as a rookie, certainly one of the playmakers on that Washington offense. 11 carries for just 27 yards on Sunday, but came through in PPR with five catches for 24 yards. He's the guy in that backfield. What are your thoughts on him moving forward? Yeah, he's the guy, but I just, I mean, does it does it matter? I mean, we're we're plugging him as a flex play. At least I am at where, where I have him. You know, hoping to hit that that big game that we assume is going to come. It's just the team around him is is it's it's real bad. It's it's real nice to see Alex Smith back on the field, but Kyle and Allen, he's, he was medically cleared to come back, so it's probably going to be Kyle Allen next week but you know there's not there's just nothing to really take the pressure off of him in the run game it's nice that he's getting these receptions hopefully that athleticism that he's demonstrated and limited opportunities in college eventually shows itself in the pros and we've seen flashes of it but it hasn't turned into a big game yet so right now we have, I guess we have to bet on the volume but I'm certainly open to selling him now more than I was you know after the after the first couple of weeks when we, when we knew that he was you know that that role was starting to increase so uh, again, going back in the trade finder, uh, multiple instances where he tra- was traded for a first-round pick, one where it was Akers, uh, Cam Akers, the other running rookie in this game, and a second-round pick for Gibson. That seems like a good trade to be able to move up there. So, you know, if he still has that hype and you can you can play it up, you know, that he's still getting the volume, 11 carries, dwarf the the, 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 the carry share, and, and certainly is the, the primary receiving back, uh, you know, McKissick there. I did out-target him today, but uh, I, I don't know. I think that was not more necessarily Adam uh, and Alex Smith thing than than really an offensive focal point. Uh, so you know, if I can get out of Gibson for that kind of play, price range at first, or you know, even even straight up for a guy like Cam Akers at this point, the hype is still there. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Where I was a, a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't really there. Matt, I completely agree. He's worth talking about, but man, there are times when he catches one of those flare screen passes or or one of them bubble screens, and you say, "Ooh, oh, that yeah. he can go. He he gets up to full speed fast." If he has some other talent around him, I could see him certainly moving up uh, dynasty rankings everywhere. The rest of this game, it it was kind of disappointing. The Rams scored thirty points. They moved the ball quite a bit, but. No real big games from the pass catchers there. Robert Woods did have four for 71, but it came most of that came on one big touchdown catch. Tyler Higby just two for 12. Gerald Everett, four for 90. What about these tight ends in Los Angeles, Ryan? Yeah, I think we've been kind of trending this way for um, really all season, and, and they're essentially equals now, I think. And uh, in fact, in this game, Everett was the the preferred tight end, he saw more targets uh, and, and outperformed Higby uh, really in every area. So uh, the I, I don't think what we saw from Higby last year was a fluke necessarily. I think they're they're both talented, but we know the Rams are going to make use of of all of their weapons, and whether that's three running backs in the backfield or a couple tight ends, uh, they're they're not worried about what the the stat line looks like. They're just going to you know, do what they can. So uh, I think that's going to be kind of continue to be kind of a frustrating situation. I don't know if either one of these guys are going to be safe bets to put into lineups on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's disappointing because so many of us invested in Higby after such a strong finish to last year. He still has that three touchdown in a game type of upside, the upside to win you a week. But you just never know when it's going to come. This should have been a really nice matchup for him. He should have had a chance to to have a, have one of them catches down the seam that turn into the big play that 
carries him for the week, but it just didn't didn't happen against Washington on Sunday. For those of you that are looking for a new challenge, it's time to start playing over at DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office, and it is the only way to play fantasy with real NFL salaries. By adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF for more information on this unique, thrilling fantasy football experience. If you're looking for that new challenge, Dynasty Owner can give you exactly that. They favor skilled players who can manage their roster using those real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It's an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Validate your fantasy football skills today. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Start your dynasty today. The Miami Dolphins shocked a lot of people, guys, on Sunday afternoon, not just by beating the 49ers, but by beating them handily, 43-17. to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we all heard the rumors all week, was at two a time down there in Miami. Uh, not just yet, 350 yards and three touchdowns, including a couple to Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side of the field, Matt, pretty disappointing, obvious that he was not ready uh, to go on that right ankle that had been bothering him, kept him out of the lineup the last couple of weeks, wasn't pushing off, just 7 for 17, 77 yards, no touchdowns, and two ugly picks. That one that he overthrew uh, late in the second quarter that gave Miami the ball in scoring position, he did not want to stand and, and, and push off that right ankle. We'll hear more throughout the week on, on if Jimmy's going to be back again uh, moving forward or if he's going to take a couple more weeks off. He didn't look good, though. He's going to need to take uh, a, a lot of weeks off if they want to bring him back for a for a competitive game. I mean, the Rams next week, Aaron Donald, that's not going to be good for the ankle. Uh, the, the Patriots after that. I think you just uh, broke that news to Ryan because he reacted like, oh, no. That's yeah, like he's, 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 he's done. And then, and then after that, it's an easy, I guess, passing matchup. But the Seahawks, he's, he's going to out, outproduce them. Uh, then the Packers and then the Saints and then the Rams again and then the Bills. Oh like this is a murderer's row of schedule coming up for the 49ers so uh i don't know i mean i guess you just could you all you can really do is hold jimmy garoppolo in, in super flex leagues right you certainly can't start him i don't think maybe in the seattle game i guess but uh it's it's rough for for garoppolo dynasty uh, owners right now yeah uh with you outlined it perfectly matt maybe maybe it's in his best interest to just lay low for a little bit and let that <laughs> thing heal up real good uh, Ryan, how about the backfield in San Francisco? Jarek McKinnon, a lot of us thought, even with Mostert back, he's going to have that, that role of the third down guy. He'll get, get some play that way. It was the right game script. They were playing from behind. He should have been catching passes, and it didn't happen. Only one carry for no gain and just two catches for five yards. Yeah, he, he still did uh, lead the team or lead the running backs in targets, so a, a little bit of silver lining there maybe, but – uh, just two catches for five yards, as you said, no, uh, no yards on the ground on just one carry. So uh, a little, a little disappointing because even before Raheem Mostert went down with that injury, we saw uh, McKinnon with a with a pretty significant role and putting up some fantasy points. So um, he had been one of these guys that was gaining dynasty value, uh, and and we don't always see that from those those players that uh, have have multiple injuries. He's 
he's not the youngest running back anymore. So he, he was a good story. And maybe this was a fluke uh, or, or maybe this is kind of the plan moving forward that it's, it's really just going to be Raheem Mostert's backfield. Certainly worth monitoring in the next couple of weeks how Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff uses that that trio or that foursome, I guess, of running backs as they slowly all get healthy and they all be worked back into uh, the rotation. Let's talk about the Colts and the Browns. Cleveland came out on top 32-23 to 23 behind Kareem Hunt, 93 total yards and an impressive touchdown catch where he looked like a wide receiver, not a running back. There's some good stuff to say about the Browns guys, but it, everything I looked at in this game was about the Colts and how how you just can't trust anybody there. I, Phillip Rivers is is pretty bad. He he was awful again on Sunday. He's a bottom third of the league quarterback right now. He's a statue in the pocket, can't move around. He has the slowest release in the league and no arm strength, and that equals <laughs> 20 for 32 for 225 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, so it's not really T.Y. Hilton's fault that he can't come through. There were times when Hilton was open and he was underthrown or it took way too long for the ball to get over over there. I guess he finally caught a few passes, six catches for 69 yards on 10 targets. Jonathan Taylor did get 12 carries, and, and the rest of those running backs only got a couple combined. 57 yards and a score, also caught two passes. I don't know if we can, outside of Jonathan Taylor, I'm not sure if we can trust anybody in Indianapolis. No, we can't. And I do think it all, it, it does all come back to Phillip Rivers. And um, I, I don't even know what the depth chart looks like there. Um, I, I guess it's Jacoby Brissett and Jacob Eason. I guess that's it. Jacob Eason, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I don't know. But well, we saw what Brissett did in, <laughs> running the show there last yeah, year. Yeah, that, that wasn't great either. So I, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad because it feels like this is a, a front office and a, and a coaching staff that has made so many smart decisions, savvy decisions uh, since taking over a few years ago or a couple of years ago and giving, giving Philip Rivers $25 million was not one of them. So there, it just feels like they're in no man's land with this team, despite uh, an exciting running back and, and one of the best offensive lines in the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm just staying away. I, I guess still stick with Jonathan Taylor on a weekly basis and, um, kind of like Matt said with Dobbins earlier, if, if you can get any kind of discount, I, I would still be taking that on Taylor in dynasty leagues, but it's a frustrating team uh, f- in the short term. And the, the Colts have lost a couple of playmakers, Campbell, of course, and, uh, and, oh, forgive me, the, uh, the rookie yeah, wide Pittman. receiver, Pittman, uh, they would certainly be helping having Campbell run across the middle. And, and I'm sure I, I at least think Rivers could get him the ball on that crossing route and turn those into big plays. That's obviously going to help out. But you made a good point there, Ryan, that that front office gets a lot of credit for making good decisions. And it seems like all of them have added up to a winning record, but not real good football on the field. And it's certainly not helping us all as, as dynasty owners. I was just to say, why why are we giving Trey Burton six targets when Mo Alley Cox has, has shown, you know, a, quite a bit on on his limited opportunities the last few weeks? Uh, I know Burton was part of the plan when they brought him in. He was hurt to start the season, but uh, come on, come on, Philip Rivers likes throwing to Mo Alley Cox, so let's let's keep throwing it to him. I, I think he did get banged up today. I'm not sure how serious that injury oh, okay. was, but I think he was uh, at least in and out of the lineup. 
and Burton was part of part of Frank Reich's offense in Philadelphia. Yeah. So you know that those ties going back, I completely agree. I'm just there's some head scratching stuff going on in Indianapolis for sure, guys. We saved the worst for last. Uh, the final game we got to talk about here: Cowboys 37, Giants 34. The score really doesn't matter as much as what happened to Dak Prescott. Gruesome injury on a running play, scheduled for ankle surgery on Sunday night. He's like carrying dynasty teams, especially in super flex leagues. It's it's sad because I'm I'm a little as much as I hate the Cowboys because I'm a Packers fan. I kind of like Dak a little bit. He's he's the right kind of guy. I like to watch him play, and he's and he's kind of sticking it to the man down there in Dallas with the getting the getting all that money on the franchise tag and waiting to get that big payday. It, I was so sad to see him go down, and Ryan, it was a gruesome injury. How are we reacting moving forward? Yeah, it really was. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it was tough to watch all around. Uh, by all accounts, Prescott is is a great guy, great teammate. We could, we could tell that by the way his teammates reacted to that injury. Um, but, man, he, he's tough. You know, you, the, the announcers even – uh, we're speculating just the second that it happened that it might be a cramp because he was sitting there rubbing his calf and so many in serious injuries like that, especially broken bones, you see players slamming the ground or screaming out in pain. And, and Dak was just sitting there as, as cool as could be uh, kind of rubbing, rubbing his legs. So he's, he's a tough guy for sure. And, and I hope that means that he comes back uh, fully healthy uh, in 2021, the, the play for dynasty managers, first of all, certainly has to be, and, and I know Matt was, was thinking about this as well. Andy Dalton, uh, if you're in a super flex league or, or really even in a one quarterback league, he has to be, uh, the priority. And in, in super flex leagues, he's the priority uh, for the entire season. All of your fab money, uh, goes to him and, uh, and then we just have to start thinking about what does this do to Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen Dalton have fantasy success before. We've seen him with talented receivers before, Tyler Boyd and, and, and A.J. Green and others. So uh, even though the, the, the Cowboys were already off to a bad start, even with Dak's level of play, but I don't think this is uh, the end of fantasy relevance for, for these players or, or really the end of the the season for Cowboys fans. No. And I, I think that if you can somehow get a discount on any of these players, people see the name Dalton and they have, you know, a mix, mixed feelings. If, if, if they weren't, were playing fantasy back when he was a, a that, that season, when he was a top five fantasy option, uh, they may not realize that he's a, an efficient quarterback. And when he's had weapons around him, when he's had an offensive line around him, he's been successful. So with this team with, again, we say that if not the best set of weapons in the league, it's, 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 it's right up there. So uh, all your fab on, on him. And we did just get confirmation a couple of minutes ago. It's a compound fracture dislocation. Uh, so he is out for the full season. So yeah, Every, everything you have left on, on Andy Dalton. And if somebody is like, again, we have this, a, a team that's not competing and they have Dalton sitting on their, on their roster as a, you know, a, a third or fourth quarterback in Superflex, uh, you know, it may not be the worst idea to go ahead and, and pay whatever it is. They're, they're probably going to want an early second, late first kind of range for him. But in a Superflex format, that's what these quarterbacks are worth. So if you can get one that's an efficient, you know, an efficient quarterback in an offense like this, that's probably worth it. 
in the game, guys, Amari Cooper disappointed, just two for 23 uh, catching passes. C.D. Lamb really came through, eight for 124. Uh, you mentioned these weapons. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting, when it came down to it in crunch time at the end, and uh, Andy Dalton had to push the ball down the field, it wasn't Cooper or, or Lamb. It was actually Gallup that got those targets down the field. He made a couple of nice plays. So there's a chance, if you're a Gallup owner, that maybe he and, he and uh, Dalton have a little bit of chemistry moving forward. I guess that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, guys. Anything else to, to throw in there as we move forward and on to week six? Just feels like uh, five weeks in now and, and with continued uh, COVID issues popping up, I think we you have to be aggressive. Whatever direction you're going with your dynasty teams, if you've decided this is not your year, you're 0-5 or 1-4, be aggressive in selling those veterans. Uh, and I think we could say the same thing on the other end. Pick up some some players that could help you, whether it's uh, going all in on the waiver wire or or sending some some draft picks or some youth for players that can help you now. Good advice for sure, Matt. I just I guess just stay the course. You know, you the the process, the process, the process. As some of our buddies in the industry say, you know, it was a frustrating day and a lot of accords. It's going to continue to be frustrating. You know, be nice to your commissioners like Ryan, like myself, like Dan. Uh, it's 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 a rough road for us this season, and we're doing the best we can. And uh, you know, we we all knew what we signed up for playing fo- fantasy football during a COVID season. Uh, there, we we still don't know what's going on with Buffalo, Tennessee, as of this recording. And you know, this is going to keep happening probably the entire season. So just got to roll with the punches. Uh, if you are uh, not a locked in super strong competitor, don't be shipping future assets for uh, for win now pieces right now. It doesn't seem like the best idea to me. Uh, just, you know, enjoy the ride this year because it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, it's going to be rough. But the last thing I'll add to what both of you said with the COVID stuff is to review those rules that you guys put in place ahead of the season for COVID. When does the season end? What constitutes a finished season? Uh, that stuff could could help determine what, how aggressive you are on that trade market and things like that. Uh, having that in the back of your mind at all points throughout the season may help out and might might help you, I guess, claim a championship if you're towards the top in points, uh, depending on how those leagues are set up. For Matt and Ryan, thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. I'm Dan. We'll catch you again in week six.